Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. Bison Nation, it is great to be back with you this Saturday morning as the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight champs of the FCS, the North Dakota State Bison get set to take the doors off another Missouri Valley Football Conference opponent in Missouri State in a game that should be over by the end of the first quarter is the exodus of fans streaming toward the tailgating lots and their favorite post-game locations will be well underway because the talent gap between these two teams is as wide as the deepest abyss and widest canyon. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan and 107.3 FM. I am Swanee, and I'm back after a one-week vacation. My wife and I, if you listen to Chase Miller and Nolan Schmidt, who did an awesome job filling in last weekend on the show, we had a baby, Libby and I did, Maverick Swanson. Maverick was born October 7th, so in the last few weeks here, I've been getting used to being a dad, having my time table and schedule turned upside down on its head, being awake at all hours of the day, changing diapers, all that fun stuff that comes along with being a a dad, first-time dad for this guy right here, watching a lot of football with Maverick. Watched his very first Bison game last weekend as the Bison physically dominated and manhandled Northern Iowa 46-14 in what was UNI's worst regular season loss since 2005. The Bison did whatever they wanted to do in the second half of that football game, and that was a top 10 Top 10 ranked Northern Iowa squad coached by Mark Farley, who traditionally plays North Dakota State very, very tough, who has the blueprint to hang in there against the Bison with the way they're built physically on the offense and defensive lines. And it wasn't a contest. It wasn't a contest at all. You and I hung around the first half. Because of a big turnover, the Bison had a muffed exchange. They turned that into points. But you knew watching that football game, the entire first half, I'm I'm texting with people, telling them, just take a deep breath. The Bison are dominating this football game. And in the second half, should be able to run the ball, which they did. And that's the thing, boys and girls, when you've got an offensive line like North Dakota State's and a quarterback like Trey Lance, and skill guys like Christian Watson and Phoenix Sproles. You talk about the emergence of some young playmakers, and we're talking about, and guilty as charged, I've been talking about Trey Lance since before the Butler game. I told you on this program, 
I told you told you on the Bison Illustrated podcast. I told you in my columns on the Bison Report and Bison Illustrated before the season. That's how smart I am, man. Before the season, being a dad hasn't impacted my radio humility and modesty. I'm patting myself on the back all kinds of ways here. I told you before the year that Trey Lance would be something special. I told you Trey Lance would have a huge year. And I told you that the talent on this Bison roster was better than anywhere else in the FCS. You're talking FBS type of talent. How do we know that? Outside of the product on the field that you're seeing every Saturday is the Bison are demolishing ranked opponents like Northern Iowa, in Illinois State, in Delaware. How do we know that? Because the guys on NDSU's roster, a lot of those guys had multiple scholarship offers, and we're not talking about offers from South Dakota states or Illinois states or the University of North Dakotas. We're talking about FBS offers. FBS offers, guys with offers from Iowa, from Boise State, from Kansas State, from the University of Minnesota from Wyoming, from Air Force, from a bunch of FBS schools. And this is a talent business. I've been very upfront about this. Folks in the media, we all have all kinds of different opinions. When it comes down to it, it's not quantum physics or rocket scientists, rocket science, this game of football. I was talking with Travis Dunn, host of the uh, Around the Rink hockey program, and he was listening to, to part of Heard It Here a couple weeks ago. And uh, we were kidding with each other about the difference between football and hockey and, and hockey and, and Travis's opinion being a more strategic chess type, type of game and uh, having a debate about that on the air one of these Saturday mornings. And, and what I was telling him and what I've told other people, this isn't rocket science. NDSU has better football players. NDSU is better coached. They do a better job developing their football players. Their strength and conditioning program is super superior to anywhere else in the FCS and the culture. And you can, you could say it's cliche. You can say it's hokey. That culture matters. You get talented guys, guys with FBS offers, like a Trey Lance, like a Michael Tutsi, like a Sabian Clark. You get guys like that in the program as true freshmen. And they see leaders like Trey Dempsey, like Easton stick, like Zach Johnson, like Dylan Radins, like Jabril Cox, like Derek Tuska, like Robbie Grimsley, like Marquise Bridges, like Ben Ellison, high character, high culture guys. Now you throw guys that are super talented into that mix that know if they want to see time on the playing field, if they want to max out their potential, they got to be bringing it every day with their preparation and their work ethic. They can't take a day off, they got to buy into the grind, and they need to get better. That's a recipe for what we're seeing right now, not just the winning the, the seven FCS championships in eight years, winning eight, state, eight straight Missouri Valley Football Conference championships, winning all these games against the FBS teams. The reason NDSU is demolishing teams in the subdivision, the FCS, that are top 10 teams. UC Davis was top 10 when they came to the Fargo Dome. North Dakota State went on the road to a Delaware team that was rated at the time, a Delaware team that should have beat Pitt, should have beat Pitt on the road, a Pitt team that beat Syracuse in the Carrier Dome 
last night. Delaware hung in there, should have beat Pitt, outplayed him. Northern Iowa took Iowa State, a top 25 FBS team, to overtime in the season opener. We're talking not your St. Francis's, not your Lafayette's. We're not talking Patriot League or lower-tier, lower-rung FCS teams. We're talking about teams that are supposed to be amongst the upper echelon in the FCS. Teams with all kinds of tradition. Teams with good football players in their own right and teams that are well-coached. You can say what you want about Mark Farley. You can say what you want about Brock's back at Illinois State. Those guys are good football coaches. Those teams are well-coached. And what did NDSU do? Beat him by 30 points. Just absolutely did whatever they wanted to do. I went back and watched the second half of that Northern Iowa game. Watch that game. Folks, that's one of my favorite Bison memories. The best. I got a column coming out. It's called The Best Seat in the House. I watched that game on my couch with Maverick, my newborn little guy. And he slept for pretty much the entire game. But just watching that game with him to be able to share and everything great about Bison Nation and, and being a fan and something my dad and my grandpa got my brother and I involved in back in the early 1980s during those championship runs. To be able to do that, sitting there with Maverick, was just such a an absolutely awesome, awesome experience. He had his Bison onesie on, and, and he's got all kinds of Bison gear and Bison jerseys. And I was telling Chase Miller on uh, the Jack Michael program Yesterday, Chase was filling in for Jack. He's on the road with UND as they're playing Cal Poly today. The next day was a little bit different watching the Vikings game with Maverick. I'm a Vikings fan. And with all the heartache and heartbreak that that entails, so Maverick came in. Being a Bison fan is great. This team doesn't let you down. This Bison team, you're going to love it, man. You're going to love it. The next day, I had to apologize to him. I said, buddy. I'm getting you into something. You're being born into this Vikings fandom. And I'm sorry. Sometimes life is rough and life ain't fair. And for all the goodness we get being a Bison fan, we got to temper that with what being a Vikings fan entails. But we were watching the the UNI game. And I went back on a Thursday night sitting there with Mav on the couch. He was up late. I was rocking him. I figured, oh, let's, let's put on that second half of the UNI game. Go through it again. Watch it. That second half, NDSU ran the ball right at UNI, right down their throat, and the defensive line and the front seven of the Panthers wanted no part of that show. They wanted absolutely no part of that show. It was demoralizing. It was dominating. NDSU lined up, and it was boom, boom, boom. That's sledgehammer football. That's a new term. That we just coined on, heard it here with Swanee, sledgehammer football, where the Rams, the Bison Rams, took the sledgehammer, and you bang on that concrete wall in the first and second quarter. You might get a crack here or there, rush for three yards, rush for four. But pretty soon, that sledgehammer wears down the integrity of that concrete, and stuff starts to crumble, stuff starts to crack. Then you see these long touchdown runs by Adam Cofield, Kobe Johnson getting into the mix. I think NDSU's running game, here's the scary part, Bison Nation. NDSU is getting better every week. Trey Lance is getting better 
every week. Trey Lance leads the FCS. He's a freshman. He's a freshman, and he leads the FCS in passing efficiency. When you talk about passer rating and completion percentage, Trey Lance is atop the FCS. When you go through the Missouri Valley Football Conference rankings, completion percentage, Trey Lance, number one. NDSU interceptions per game defensively, one and two in the conference. Passes defended in the conference, one, two, and four in Hendricks, Bridges, and Hayes. Pass efficiency, Trey Lance. Passing touchdowns, Trey Lance. When was the last time a North Dakota State quarterback led the Missouri Valley Football Conference in passing touchdowns? Trey Lance has 15 passing touchdowns. That leads the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Points responsible for Trey Lance is eighth in the country and number one in the Valley. Punt returns, Trevor Height, number one in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, 18.5 yards per return. Receiving touchdowns, who's number one in the Valley? It ain't some high-flying receiver from Jackrabbit territory. It's Noah Gindorf. All he does is catch touchdowns. The Chris Carter of the Plains, he leads the Valley in touchdown receptions. Rush yards per carry, Ty Brooks, he's number two in the conference, number 11 in the country. Rushing rushing touchdowns, Trey Lance, number two in the conference. Yards per pass attempt, Trey Lance, number one in the Missouri Valley, number five in the FCS. North Dakota State's dominating. Christian Watson and Phoenix Sproles are developing into bona fide playmakers that'll be all conference caliber performers by the time this season is done. And the scary part for the rest of the FCS, this Bison team is getting better every week. Every single week, this team is making progress. Every single week, this team is getting better at executing. Every single week, this Bison team is getting stronger. And if you're the rest of the Valley, or if you're in Harrisonburg, Virginia, or anywhere else, that ought to scare the living daylights out of you. Folks, we got a jam-packed program for you here this morning. We got Chase Miller from Hero, Chase Miller from 740 The Fad. Yeah, a lot late night. I was telling Chase, I was up at about 4 this morning. I've been up ever since with Mav. So I'm, I'm batting with a, a little, uh, not a lot of sleep. That's all right. We're, we're doing great here this Saturday morning. Going to be a beautiful day for tailgating. Sam Herder. Sam Herder from Hero Sports is going to join us next to talk about the national FCS landscape. And then Chase Miller from 740 The Fan and Nolan Schmidt from Bison Illustrated will do the FCS Face the Nation roundtable here on Heard It Here with Swanee. Swanee takes you inside the huddle with the analysts and talking heads that cover the Missouri Valley Football Conference and FCS. From Fargo to Vermilion, Cedar Falls, and every place in between, they've got the keys to this week's game and headlines you need to know. It's Inside the Huddle. Another Saturday, another gorgeous day for tailgating, no matter the weather. We should have a good one, though, today. Sun shining in the 60s with little wind out in the west lots as the Bison kick off. 2.30 against Missouri 
state. That game should be done sometime uh, midway through the first quarter, so I don't want to waste a lot of time getting down into the minutia of the game against the Bears, especially when we can talk to this guy, Sam Herter, one of the national voices of the FCS for Hero Sports. Sam's office in his uh, Sam cave there has got about 13 TV and computer screens where he's monitoring a lot of FCS games every Saturday. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing great, Swanee. It's good to be back on the broadcast airwaves with you. You, you got to tell the listeners, Sam, I know on Twitter you're uh, you're pretty active on there talking about all the different FCS games you're watching, but it impresses me because every Saturday with your setup, you've got a bunch of screens going on, and you're keeping an eye on a, a lot of games. Yeah, it, it's it's entertaining, but it, but it can be stressful, honestly. Um, the, the thing I like to do is obviously watch a lot of games on Saturdays, but on Sundays and early Mondays, sometimes I go back and watch games just because when you have so many, you know, screens going on, it, it's kind of hard to get a flow of how, a, of how a game is going. Um, you know, you, you know, sometimes a team will be down 21 to nine and you'll look to that screen and all of a sudden they're up, you know, 38 to 38 to 29 or, you know, something, something like that. So it's entertaining, but it's kind of, you know, your, your eyes kind of get crossed by the end of the night trying to figure out, okay, how I know I watched this game, but how exactly did it turn out like that? So sometimes I do have to go back and, re, and rewatch some games on Sundays. With Bison Nation, Sam, one of the questions I, I've been getting, and I know you've been talking about it on Twitter, and a couple of things that I want to go through this morning with you. You had a tweet yesterday about Trey Lance and the, the Jerry Rice Award and being a candidate for the Walter Payton that goes to the best offensive player in the FCS. And that would that would be something, before we get to that, if, if Trey Lance were to, to put himself in the Payton discussion, which I think he is, but if he were to win that award – with all the great quarterbacks to come before him, I mean that that would be just something. I don't know if a lot of Bison fans would have saw that coming his freshman year. But what I want to ask you first, Sam, the the FCS national landscape. A lot of folks thought this would be the year North Dakota State would be down. The Bison might be vulnerable. They've shown that's not the case. But what teams out there? We know the usual suspects. Who can compete with NDSU? Who's a team that can can get to Frisco? And James Madison is having themselves a good year. South Dakota State, their freshman quarterback, Jabori Gibbs. John Stigmeyer is doing what they seem to do every year. They're in the mix. But what teams are out there in the FCS uh, outside of the NDSU, SDSU, and James Madison that are catching uh, your attention over at Hero Sports? Yeah, you know, honestly, for, for me, the teams that I put in Tier 1, and that's teams that I legitimately could see playing in Frisco, is obviously NDSU, then James Madison, and then South Dakota State. And after that, you know, like you said, I, I you know, a week after NDSU's 2018 season and in, in Frisco, you know, I predict the Bison to go back to Frisco, you know, in my top top 10 way too early favorites to win the national championship you know I, I i did have them at number two i had james Madison number one i've since flipped that but you know i i was under the impression that there might be you know three or four other teams out there that could close the gap but that just hasn't really been the case this year i think james madison is right there and like i said i think south dakota state is right there I, there are a couple teams that are kind of in that tier one and a half where they're right on the verge of you know, potentially being a, a legit national title contender. That's Villanova. Um, obviously, you know, had a, had a really competitive game at James Madison without their top running back, Justin Covington, and it was just announced yesterday that, 
you know, he had to undergo season-ending ACL injury, so, so that certainly hurts Villanova. And I also have Montana at that one tier one and a half range. I, I'm not ready to pull the trigger just yet and say, okay, this team. I, I mean, I know the Grizz are really, really good. They have a, a you know, just a, an incredible amount of talent. I'm not sure if they're ready just yet to make a run to Frisco, but I do have them in my top five as far as teams that I'm really keeping an eye on in today's game against Sacramento State. If they go and blow out the Hornets on the road, that will tell me, okay, okay, this team is, is I knew they were really good, but this team is, is really, really good. So th- those are a couple teams that I think are right on the verge of maybe closing the gap. But, but I mean, if, if I'm being honest, it's going to take uh, an incredible performance to knock off this Bison team the way they've been playing so far this season. You talk about Sacramento State, that Montana game. That's one of those games to me, Sam. We find out a lot about both those teams. Sacramento State kind of coming from nowhere right now. Four and two, tied for the Big Sky lead with Montana. Weber State all at a two and zero. Oh. Their quarterback Kevin Thompson is a dude. He's got twenty four total touchdowns on the year. A guy that you know, if he keeps playing this way, could put himself in that Peyton discussion. What do you know? about Sacramento uh, State, and then with Montana, what do you expect? To, that, to me, that's that's probably the, the game of the day in the FCS today, at least one of them. What are you looking forward to in that football game between the Hornets and the Grizz? Yeah, I, I definitely do think it's the top game uh, in the FCS, and folks can, I believe it'll be on Pluto TV, uh, so and it's, it's a night game, so, uh, you know, Bison fans can check that game out because I do think, like I said, Montana is a factor, and Sacramento State is pretty good, and the, the Hornets of Sacramento State, really an interesting team because Troy Taylor is in his first year as a head coach at the college level. He called plays at Eastern Washington for one season. I believe it was 2016, uh, that, that really, really good team with all those great receivers that came to the Fargo Dome and gave NDSU a scare. Uh, he called plays at Eastern Washington for one year, then went on to be the offensive coordinator at Utah, I, I believe. I-, I don't have that in front of me, but he's in his first season as a head coach, and he's really done a marvelous job because he's taken over a roster that kind of has the same names as previous years. I mean, Kevin Thompson is now a, a three-year starter at quarterback for Sacramento State. Dotson, their running back, is a, is a really underrated guy. Uh, he was a preseason All-American for us, but he just you know didn't get a whole lot of attention because Sacramento State only won one game last year, but Troy Taylor, the head coach, has basically taken this roster and coached them up to now be a top team in the Big Sky and, and potentially a, a playoff seed. And what's really impressed me with Sacramento State is they've almost cut their points allowed per game in half from a season ago, and they, they kind of fit that mold in previous years of kind of the, the stereotypical Big Sky teams of high-powered offense, not playing a whole lot of defense. Well, this year they have that high-powered offense, and they're also allowing less than 20 points per game. And it's not like they're playing cupcake opponents. Uh, you know, Eastern Washington has its struggles this year, but they still are pretty good offensively. And then also Sacramento State has played two FBS opponents, so you know they, they're they're really strong uh, defensively, and they're doing it against pretty quality opponents. Sam Herder from Hero Sports, one of the leading FCS sites as far as coverage goes great work by sam and brian mclaughlin and their team over there sam there we don't have a lot of time left we could spend you know we will have to have you on the thundering Herdcast, the podcast we're doing here sometimes so we can get a good hour-long discussion and i know you and brian are doing your podcast that a lot of fcs listeners are tuning into as well but i want to talk about trey lance 
Freshman having an absolutely sensational year. Electric football player in my mind. He's probably, if you're a defensive coordinator in the Valley or anywhere else in the FCS, one of the toughest players to prepare for. A lot like Easton Stick was and, and the other quarterbacks, Wentz and Brock Jensen, before him. Is it realistic for uh, with the numbers he's putting up, the way he's playing, and with the Bison being the number one ranked team in the country, does Trey Lance put himself in the Peyton discussion midway through this season? I think he's certainly in the discussion. And, you know, in previous years, I didn't have a vote on these awards. And this year, Brian and I do have a vote in the top 25 poll and the national awards. And, you know, we want to thank Craig Haley and Stats for allowing us to do that. Uh, so I'm not totally sure how the voting process goes, but I believe it's Stats that that comes up with the, the list of candidates and then voters will vote for their top three or, or top five. And I certainly expect Trey Lance to at least be a candidate uh, for the Walter Payton Award. Now it's just a matter of will voters you know, actually give him some love. I can see one of those things where some voters go, all right, well, I mean, Trey Lance is, is easily the Jerry Rice Award winner. He'll get his time in a, in, in a couple of years or next year for the Walter Payton Awards. You know, I'm going to give my vote to a senior quarterback instead of a freshman quarterback. I, I can see that happening. But the way I look at it is, you know, he has a little over 1,000 yards rushing, and there are some other players that have, you know, more than double that amount of uh, passing yards. But those quarterbacks have also attempted two or three times as many passes as Trey Lance. And really the, the thing I look at with Trey Lance and why he'll get, I don't think he'll, he, I don't know if he'll get my number one votes, uh, but he will be a, a top three candidate for me. The, the thing I look at is just the fact that Trey Lance is replacing the all-time wins leader in FCS history an NFL draft pick in Easton Stick, and there's been no drop-down in play. And Easton Stick was, was, a, was a top three Walter Payton Award finalist last year. There has been no drop-off in, in, in play at all. So to me, that tells me that, okay, you know, Trey Lance is one of the, one of the best offensive players in the FCS. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see where he finishes uh, in the, you know, in, in the voting. I, I do think if he, can, if he continues his play, uh, he's certainly the, easily the, the clear-cut clear-cut winner uh, for the Jerry Rice Award. And, you know, I, I don't know if, if he'll be at that banquet the day before the national championship game because I'm guessing he'll have a he'll have a game uh, the next day. But I certainly expect Trey Lance to be getting some hardware at the end of the season. Another great quarterback in that long line of, of NDSU gunslingers. Sam, appreciate you coming on here this morning. We'll uh, touch base with you again here as the season progresses, and we'll get you on the Thundering Herdcast uh, to dig deeper into some of these issues. Yeah, that sounds great with me. Thanks for having me on the show. That's Sam Herder, Hero Sports, with us on Herded Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The Fan and 107.3 FM. Make sure to check out our show page at 740thefan.com. Go to the podcast tab. Look for Herded Here and also check out our podcast, The Thundering Herdcast, which is also on Apple iTunes. Search The Thundering Herdcast. want to thank our sponsors, Seabird Power Sports, Weldon's Tire Service, Yankee Insurance, and Altendorf Trucking and Express. When we come back, we got Chase Miller from 740 The Fan and Nolan Schmidt from the Bison Illustrated. We'll be talking about the state of the race in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Come. As old as paper and ink, Nolan Schmidt brings his new school approach to Bison Illustrated as its editor-in-chief and joins Swanee to go over the big headlines for this week's matchup. 
It's a code green kind of day. The green unis, green tops, green bottoms. I am your fashion advisor, Swanee on Fashion Week on Heard It Here with Swanee. And if you're looking to impress, have no fear. You just need to put on that dark green gear. How's that for some poetic justice early on a Saturday morning? I threw that threw that off the cuff for you guys on Heard It Here Ooh. with Swanee. And we got Nolan Schmidt, Chase Miller. Today's code green game. It says, here's a press release. The, the stat sheet and everything, game notes that Ryan Peralt over at NDSU puts together. They're fantastic. If you think I sound smart with all these numbers, all that credit goes to NDSU Sports Information. I just read the words off the page. Saturday is NDSU's annual Code Green game. I'm glad it's our annual Code Green game being our first Code Green game, but I digress. Fans are asked to wear green to the game in all sections of the Fargo Dome. Code green represents the Bison football defensive philosophy of play hard, play fast, and play together. NDSU is currently ranked third in the FCS in total defense, third in scoring defense, fourth in passing efficiency defense, and sixth in third down defense. NDSU's seven touchdowns allowed are the fewest in the FCS through six games. Green tops, green bottoms. Here's a number We'll get to your number in a minute, Nolan. When you were sitting in the car in the parking lot, you were doing your own numbers crunching about Missouri State. How about this, guys? In the fourth quarter of games this year, North Dakota State has only allowed 14 points, and those were those two throwaway junk touchdowns at Delaware. Other than that, the Bison against some really good opponents in UC Davis and Illinois State in North Dakota and Northern Iowa have not yielded a single point. Now, Nolan... You walked into the studio this morning with the red beard rocking, and you had a, a statistic to throw out there, so lay it on us. Well, I think a lot of people look at Missouri State and see that the familiar name at quarterback of Peyton Huslig, who's a senior, played the past two seasons against North Dakota State. And, I mean, he, this was a guy that in 2017 was an all-Missouri Valley honorable mention guy in a year that Chris Trevler was the quarterback at South Dakota. And and Easton Stick as well. So, but his stat line in two games. So last year the Bison won forty eight to seven, something along those lines. And then the the year before that is something thirty eight to eleven or something along those lines. They they've dominated Missouri State in the two games that Houston's played against North Dakota State. But his stat line is nineteen of forty, which is serviceable. It's a little less than fifty percent. Hundred and seventy five pass yards. He has not thrown for over ninety pass yards against North Dakota State in each of the two games that he's played against the Bison. I think 87 and 88 are the numbers in the last two seasons. 61 net rushing yards. Last year, or two years ago, his net rushing yards was minus eight. He's been sacked four times. He's thrown four interceptions, including three in one game two years ago in 2017. And he has accounted for zero touchdowns, has thrown zero touchdowns, and has rushed for zero touchdowns. That is a recipe for disaster. Playing the North Dakota State code green defense, Chase Miller, you're not going to win any football games with statistics like that from your quarterback position. I expect the code green defense will make it a long, hard day for Missouri State's 
quarterback this afternoon. Yeah, Missouri State, I mean, you only scored 10 points against South Dakota, and no disrespect to South Dakota, but they're they're not known for, for limiting you know teams defensively. They're known for putting up points like a Christmas tree and lighting the, the scoreboard up. So when you only scored 10 points the week before against South Dakota at home, mind you, in a game that came in, both teams were 1-0 in conference play. You give up over 30 points to Western Illinois, I believe, in overtime. I mean, it's just... It's just not what you're expecting here from a Valley team that's trying to make the steps go through the system because we were talking, you know, this was a team that was ranked last year. You know, this is a team that was probably in the receiving votes category maybe early on in a, in a preseason poll or two, but they definitely don't look the part right now, and they are kind of becoming – in Western Illinois, they've got some transition. they got some new players. Indiana State, they have some injuries. But Missouri State right now, guys, they're kind of becoming the doormat – of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, which is not a place that you want to be with the NDSUs, South Dakota States, UNIs, you know, of the world being at the top. This this is a game that should be over by the end of the first quarter. Missouri State just doesn't have the horses and the talent to keep up with the Bison. The Bison are going to come strong out of the gates, and that's what North Dakota State, the Bison have gotten off to fast starts this year. In the first quarter, the Bison have outscored their opponents 77-15. to 77 to 15, the Bison have jumped out against their opponents. And the Bison have done this against some very good competition against a top 10 Northern Iowa team, against a top 10 Illinois State team, against a ranked Delaware University of North Dakota and UC Davis team. Now you've got a bad football team in Missouri State coming into the Fargo Dome with this juggernaut Bison offense, with this code green defense. They're going to get swamped in a hurry. This one can get out of hand. Last year, Easton stick in the game down there that you alluded to, Nolan, threw for five touchdown passes all in the first half in a 48-7 win. Stick completed his first 11 passes, finished 15-24 for 238 yards. This is a game where trade Lance, we're starting to see that Bison passing attack, some of their concepts, what they're doing. Christian Watson and Phoenix Sproles are are starting to emerge, I think, in those tight ends. All they're doing is catching touchdowns and working themselves into the game plan. I think Trey Lance has a similar afternoon where in the first half he could put up some gaudy numbers. And in the second half, to get ready for the Dakota Marker game next weekend down in Brookings, Zeb Nolan and some of the backups could see significant time this afternoon. And, and I'm thinking, Nolan, if, if you're – Matt Ants or David Braun or or Tyler Roll or any of those coaches, that's what you'd like to see this afternoon. Get a big lead, take care of business, maybe play your starters that first drive of the second half, and then give the keys to the car to some of the backups to get them some snaps and some playing time going into the Dakota Marker game next Saturday. Well, ideally, you want to you want to head it head to Brookings as healthy as you can be, right? I think that's I mean, that's goal number 1 every single game regardless of if you're coming out of a week where you're going to play Missouri State or you're going to play South Dakota State or Youngstown State, whoever, you want to come out healthy. I, I think building that good that that big lead is obviously the the goal. It's always been the goal, but you know, uh, let's put it this way. The last time North Dakota State lost to Missouri State, I think it was 2010. And they lost three to zero, just an ugly game in in what would have been Brock Jensen's freshman season. Right? They need to play worse than that team in 2010 played to, for them to lose this game. Missouri State is that bad of a football team where they're 108th in rushing offense in the FCS out of 126 teams. If they're you know in the hundreds in total defense, 
the Bison need to get out. And, and like you said, Swanee, I, I think it's vital for North Dakota State to go into halftime with a four or five touchdown lead so that they can come out in the second half and be prepared for a game next week where, for all intents and purposes, as we stand right now, sitting here on October 19th, South Dakota State looks like the only team that has the ability to beat North Dakota State, right? You, if you're if you're Matt Entz, you have to be prepared for that game, and, and and that's that's, you know, priority number one. And it wouldn't surprise me. Coaches say they don't look forward. They got to keep the players We're locked not coaches. in. We're not coaches. We're not coaches. Matt Entz said at his press conference this week that the team he showed the team clips of the Indiana State game in 2012, where Indiana State had two pick sixes to upset the Bison in the Dome and showed them tape of the South Dakota game in 2015 where Carson Wentz got hurt and the Coyotes beat the Bison at the Dome, showed them clips of that game. That's not happening today. That is absolutely not happening today. It would not surprise me if the Bison did some game prepping, game planning this week leading up to the Missouri State game for South Dakota State. That game is going to go a long ways in determining the Valley crown in playoff seating. I, I thought there was some good sound chase you had dialed up Cody Malk from Hankinson, North Dakota, an offensive tackle about that hard hail lunch pail mentality for the Bison. But I don't know, yeah, the Midwest guys in the North Dakota, Minnesota especially just seem like, I don't know, really just the hard hat lunch pail kind of attitude and let's get to work and let's just do it. Maybe that's kind of what it is, I guess, growing up on farms for a lot of us is a big thing. Just hardworking kids, I guess. I think that's part of the reason we talked about culture and sustainability of this program and its success earlier today on Heard It Here with Swanee. But, Chase, I think that mindset from the players, they have that mentality where they're coming to work every day and they know they need to have good days of practice leading up to the game to perform well and get the win. So I don't think there's much of a risk of the players overlooking the Bears today, is there? Uh, I would be uh, really concerned about overlooking the Bears in terms of do you come out flat? You know, do you come out flat in a game and maybe have a quick three and out? Maybe there's a special teams miscue. Maybe there's a turnover early on. Maybe you have a missed assignment defensively that leads to, you know, a 40, 50-yard play down the field, and boom, Missouri State's in field goal position are going to score a touchdown. That's my only thing because everyone has been looking at the next two games, which are on the road in Brookings and on the road at Youngstown State. And as much as they talk about it's a week-to-week deal, they don't talk about the winning streak that's nearing 30 games. They don't talk about that the last time the Bison lost was two years ago in Brookings, South Dakota. We talk about that. And as much as they want to say that we don't hear it, they're on social media they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're on Insta- they're on they're on stuff that you can read articles or see headlines and know enough whether you click on the article or click on the podcast is one thing. So for me, the one thing I'm going to be looking at early on, not just the all green uniforms from top to bottom is how sharp does NDSU come out and play because if they come out ready to go, that means they're well coached, well schooled, they had a game plan in. They looked at it. They devoured it throughout the week, and they came in ready to play. They weren't going to care about who they're playing next. They said this is the game that they got to get to another win in conference play, another win to get to a 7-0 on the season. So that's the biggest thing for me, uh, Swanee and Nolan, is does this team come out flat to start a game against a team that they should house and have a Swanee kind of score prediction at halftime? Or is this going to be some of those deals where it's normal business for NDSU and just here we go again? Want to thank our sponsors. I heard it here with Swanee on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. Check out our show page at 740thefan.com. Go to the podcast tab. Also check out the Thunder and 
Herdcast. You can subscribe for free to that on Apple iTunes. Brought to you by Seaberg Power Sports, Welton's Tire Service, Yankee Insurance, and Altendorf Trucking and Express. And at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. You can ask any football coach that, and that's why you hear a lot of cliches in football, and it's not rocket science or quantum physics. Ask Tyler Roll or David Braun about it, and they'll say, we need to execute. We have a game plan. The blocking, the tackling, the fundamentals are what you need to do. And we're going to talk about predictions and preview that Dakota marker game against John T. Stegemeyer. Coming up on Heard It Here with Swanee. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? Another day. Another set of poopy diapers from Maverick. He'll have me busy all day cleaning those up. That's fine. That doesn't bother me at all. Mav loves watching football, man. He absolutely loves watching football. We got college game day here on the studios at 740 AM. The fan, Josh Swanson, Nolan Schmidt from Bison Illustrated, and Chase Miller from 740 AM. The fan last weekend, guys, I think I watched about six, six or seven college football games with Maverick on the couch. And then we watched uh, two parts of two or three NFL games, including all of the Vikings game. And I think the performance for Missouri State today is going to be like one of Mavericks' diapers. Just just load it up. It ain't going to be pretty. Bison are going to take care of business, get, get out of here with a win. But we were talking over the break about uh, this Dakota marker game coming up, and it's coming down to a two-horse race in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, as it has done Many times in the past few years between NDSU and SDSU, Chase got some great sound from Costner Ching, a defensive tackle for the Bison from Castlewood. Here's what I love about this. He's from Castlewood, South Dakota. His dad played for South Dakota State. He grew up in the shadow of Brookings. Castle Rock is like the Castleton to Brookings as Castleton is to Fargo. Here's what Costner Ching had to say about being a walk-on for the Bison. We show that they should, they use them. They don't just bring in walk-ons for scout team players. They're going to develop you. If you have the potential, they're going to use you. So that was just one thing that showed me that if you come on a, as a walk-on, you're going to be able to play. Costner Ching's a guy that South Dakota State has just got to be kicking themselves a walk-on who's adding depth to the Bison defensive line. And you see that depth manifest itself up front physically with the Rams, the Bison offensive line, and when the, with the defensive line, it's like a hockey line change. When you can rotate out four or five defensive linemen throughout the course of the game, and you've got another South Dakota product, two of them in Derek Tuska and Spencer Wagey from Watertown, when you can rotate in a bunch of guys, they have fresh legs, and by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, Teams are tired of getting beat up against the Bison, and we also see that late in the season in the playoffs. And and that's a big part of the story, and I think where North Dakota State has had the edge over a South Dakota State team. But man, oh man, next weekend, Dakota Marker Week, it's a big one in Brookings. I mean, the last time Chase hit on it in the last segment, the last time NDSU lost a football game was in Brookings, South Dakota, two years ago for, for that Dakota Marker um, and obviously NDSU was able to to beat South Dakota State twice last year, once both both times up here at the Fargo. But I mean, you saw, you you just hit on, it. and the back half of that semifinal game against South Dakota State, you could see how tired SDSU's defense was, and that was a product of 
those those rotational shifts. I mean, even on the offensive line, NDSU does a great job of if, if it's going to be a Nash Jensen, if it's going to be a Zach Kubis. Uh, th- there's always these like swaps in and out. I mean, Hunter Lupke, Garrett Malstrom at, at fullback even. I mean, they swap every single play outside after they get through their scripted plays. The fullbacks swap every other play. When you have that, not a lot of teams in the nation have that. And I think you're right, Swanee, when it comes down to a comparison with South Dakota State and North Dakota State, not only is North Dakota State going into Brookings' backyard and plucking these kids like Tuska, like Wagey, like Costner Ching, and bringing them up to Fargo, but that rotational, it comes back to bite them a little bit, doesn't it? Because they, since they have that rotational shift on the defensive line, they can tire out a South Dakota State in a semifinal game like we saw last year. And that has played such a big role, that depth, Chase Miller. we got to roll on to the game day predictions. We're going to be talking a lot about the Dakota marker this week. We'll have a new Thundering Herdcast that will go up either on Tuesday or Wednesday. Search Apple iTunes for Thundering Herdcast, Nolan and I will be rocking another Bison Illustrated podcast. But game day predictions, guys. Welcome to the world of Swanee, where you roll the dice and you do the riverboat gambling, and there are no rules and anything goes, and you could say 60-0 to zero by halftime, and it's all good. I told Chase yesterday, or last <laughs> week after the game, in the, in the, in the meeting room before the post-game press conference, I said, we need to start doing Swanee predictions because we're way off, right? Uh, my, if they're a 40 point favorite, NDSU is a 40 point favorite over a Missouri Valley team. I think it's going to be a blowout 49 to zero. Yes. That's, that's my score. 40. It's 49 to zero. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. I could honestly do the exact same thing that Nolan's doing. I think 49, I go, that's seven touchdowns, man. That is seven touchdowns I don't, in, I don't in, a, in a game, but I'm going to go 52 to three. Yes. Yes. Still a 49 yeah, point yeah, deficit. I, I'm not going to go the conservative route here. I'll go 52 to three. Nolan's and my swans are flocking today with Swanee. Yeah, exactly. The points, they are adding up. As this Bison team progresses through the season, getting better in better each week, led by the field general, the sensation, Trey Lance, is doing everything for that Bison offense with skilled guys like Christian Watson and Phoenix Sproles and Ty Brooks, who is one of the most electric running backs in the league. And you got Kobe Johnson and you got Adam Cofield and Ben Ellison and Noah Gindorf, and they keep coming at you, man. They keep coming at you, led by Dylan Radins and Zach Johnson and Shoning up front, the big boys, the Rams, taking care of business. And on the back end of that defense, Michael Tutsi, Jabril Cox, Marquise Bridges, Josh Hayes, Derek Tuska, they just overwhelm you. And today the Bears are going to be overwhelmed. And it's starting early because the Bison are scoring four touchdowns in the first quarter. And by halftime, they're going to have 40 on the board. And they could put up 80 if they wanted, but they're going to pull back the reins. And I'm telling you, it's a 63 to three bison win big bison day baby for nola smith chase miller i'm josh swanson reminding you that the strength of the herd is the bison and the strength of the bison is the herd Ah.